Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Five persons, including actress Sharon Tate, were found dead at the home of Miss Tate and her husband, screen director Roman Polyansky. The whole thing is very, Tate, very mysterious, mysterious but this is what I know. Authorities say a menacing letter received yesterday by a Vallejo newspaper was not sent by the infamous Zodiac Killer. That's again part of That Area 51, the secret Air Force base in Nevada, actually exists. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. He's been called the East Side Rapist. He's been called the Visalia Ransacker. The original Night Stalker. And the Golden State Killer. You have now entered into the house of mystery. The best in true crime, conspiracy, and alternative history. With Al Warren and Kevin Thompson. KCAA, the stations that leave no listener behind. Broadcasting on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. The trifecta of talk radio for Southern California. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and today we're going to be talking about Zodiac again. And this time we're getting into uh, the ciphers a little more. And joining me again, of course, is uh, Mike Morford. And hey, Dylan. And Dave Orenchak. Hello. And Michael Butterfield. Hi there. Okay, Michael. So uh, well, we're going to be talking about ciphers. So what exactly uh, is, is this... You wanted to talk about the, the two and three cipher. Well, there's uh, there are four zodiac ciphers. We talked about the uh, first one, the 408, in a previous uh, episode, and then we talked a little bit about the second one, the 340, which remains unsolved. And <clears throat> I thought we would talk uh, now about the uh, other two, which remain unsolved: the 13 character cipher, the my name is cipher and the 32-character uh, cipher known as the Mount Diablo Code. And I think um, we're going to ask, uh, as always, we're going to ask Dave to help us out by talking about those. So, yeah, Zodiac had sent that uh, sent a letter with another cipher in April of 1970, I believe. And the letter starts out with him saying, this is the Zodiac speaking by the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? 
So he's referring to the 340 there. Mm. And he's wondering, you know, it's been, what, six months at least since the, um, since he had mailed that cipher and then there hasn't been any solution published. So, uh, maybe he's gloating a little bit there because the Hardens had solved it, the first one so quickly. You know, maybe he's, uh, succeeded this time in, uh, making it so complicated that no one's been able to solve it. Um, <clears throat> then he proceeds to say, my name is blank. And then under that, there's 13 symbols and it looks similar to his previous ciphers. You know, he uses a mixture of letters, special symbols, and, uh, upside, an upside down letter. And then he later, he goes on to talk about, um, yeah, um, he was the one who wiped out that blue meanie with a bomb at the cop station. So he's trying to take credit for a, uh, a bomb going off. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, he just makes more taunting statements in his, in the rest of the letter. Mm-hmm. Now this 13 character cipher is, it's, it's, it's interesting because there are a lot of repeated symbols in it for such a short cipher. So, uh, it seems like if this is a substitution cipher, then with, with so many repeated symbols, we should be able to come up with things that fit. Maybe there is a name in there. Mm-hmm. Could be a first name and a last name. Uh, but if you actually look for them, you can find thousands of them that fit. So even with, uh, even with the number of repeated symbols that are in this one, if you treat it as a substitution cipher, it, uh, you know, you can't really know for sure which of the names is what is correct. Unless you already have a suspect in mind, and then you would be, you know, rather pleased if you found your suspect's name, you know, fitting into the ciphertext. And people have done that over the years by, you know, as I talked about before, by relaxing the rules and allowing for things like rearranging the letters. Mm-hmm. So if you rearrange all the symbols, you can, you can find a lot of other things that fit. Because you only have to match the, uh, you know, the, the count of, of letters. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to appear in the right order. So it gives you a lot more freedom. But by doing that, you go from having thousands of names fitting to, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, uh, or even more. And in fact, you could, you're not necessarily limited to names because maybe he's, you know, he could be saying something um, uh, kind of in a taunting way, like maybe my name is none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Along those lines, right? So you know, there's a lot of possibilities there. So because the cipher is so short, it's practically impossible to verify <clears throat> any proposed plain text because there are so many that can fit. Compare that to the 408. You know, there's only one solution so far that is both compelling and fits, you know, the, the, the ciphertext without having to, um, overly complicate the decryption process. Um, so you would have to have some other kind of evidence to support a solution to the 13 character cipher. Um, the ideal thing would be to find the Zodiac's original key written down somewhere. You know, if he gets, yeah, yeah, you know, we find out one day who he is and he gets, um, Arrested, where they find, you know, his materials. Maybe they could find, you know, his his uh, the paper that he worked on when he came up with the with the thirteen symbol cipher, and you know that 
would be pretty compelling. If he, if he kept it, because we talked about this before, about how when the, the uh, BTK Strangler in Wichita, <clears throat> he sent a cipher that was unsolved. And then years later when he was arrested and they asked him what it meant, he was like, I, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I hope that's not what happens here. That was an interesting story because he, he had used, he's actually, that's actually a good case to look at because, you know, one of the reasons that the 340 might not be solved uh, is because what if the Zodiac did use a, um, <clears throat> a, a, a traditional kind of cipher, but he made mistakes implementing it. So he mm -hmm. like, screwed it up somehow. That's exactly what BTK did. He used a, like a World War II era pen and paper cipher. Um, I forget what it's called. It's like fractionated. It's a fractionated cipher. Uses digraphs. Anyway, that's too technical. But <laughs> he he had screwed up the steps for that. So <clears throat> I think the FBI had a suspicion of that. That's what kind of cipher it was. Um, but they couldn't crack it because you know he had done things in a different order and he made some other mistakes. And even after, um, I think even after they knew what the plain text was, because uh, they had, let's see. I can't remember if they had, because they did eventually crack it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was because they found his worksheets or something like that. Yeah, but he, he himself, he, he couldn't remember. We always think of the Zodiac as some master criminal who had this big plan and knows everything, and it might be the case that he didn't hang on to that stuff or he doesn't remember or he didn't care. Or, I hope he did. I hope he find that someday and it makes some sense to us. Yeah. So, yeah, so BTK, he's a good example of, you know, how this, the, the, the challenge facing a code breaker is that, you know, you not only do you have to uh, test, you know, legitimate ciphering methods, but you also have to try to guess, well, where could he have screwed it up? <laughs> and then try to do the cryptanalysis based on that. And that's an order of magnitude harder because it has yeah, so many different possibilities. Isn't there, isn't in the 340 where the Zodiac crossed something out? Yeah, there's a so that's a that's an interesting uh, aspect of it because you know if you think maybe the 340 is not a real that doesn't have a real message in it it's just busy work he's just trying to you know keep people busy forever and there's no actual message in there <clears throat> then why did he cross out a symbol you know in one part of the ciphertext I think he crosses out a, a forward K like a normal K and then above it writes a backwards K. Yeah. So either he was genuinely correcting it because he didn't want to have to rewrite the whole thing again, or he added to that just to give it the appearance that he cared about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we know that, you know, in his other writings, he takes credit for things that aren't true, and he, he, he invents all this stuff about the bomb that he was supposedly building, but no one ever found evidence of a bomb, and, you know, nothing ever exploded that could have been connected to him. Yeah, <clears throat> and so I think you know there's a good possibility that some of this stuff is just more of his, um, you know, inflating that persona he was developing by writing all these letters to the papers and the police and everything. Um, so he could just be, you know, decorating his letters with ciphers rather than you know actually having real ciphers in them. Well, that's uh, a good segue to the the. Next cipher, the 32-character cipher that was sent with the 
Mount Diablo map that supposedly he said that this map coupled with the code will help you find the buried bomb, which was a bomb that he was claiming he was going to use to attack a school bus of kids. And he had sent these elaborate diagrams with these uh, photoelectric switches that the sunlight would set off, and if a bus blocked the sunlight, the bomb would go off or something like that. And he claimed that this 32-character cipher would help people find this bomb. And, of course, that cipher remains unsolved, and no one ever found any bombs or anything. Do you... I know you said that it's too short to be solved, usually by traditional means, without further information, but do you think that it's just another example of busy work, or is it possible that the cipher does have some meaning that we have been able un, we have been unable to decipher, as you said earlier? Maybe it's not text, or maybe it's not a traditional text message. Maybe it could be, as he said in one of his other letters, that the Mount Diablo code concerned radians and inches along the radians, and radians are used in mathematics. It's uh, One radian is a, an angle of 57.3 degrees. And so radians and inches are used in mathematics as a way to find a point on a plane. Um, do you think it's possible that that kind of information could be contained in that cipher? And then how difficult would it be to cipher something like that, in, to encipher something like that, and then have somebody solve it? Well, the the thing about this cipher is that you that uh, we we have done that we have taken the the cipher text and 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 made it decrypt to uh, sequences of numbers or um, you know like English language versions of the numbers where you spell out the words you know, if you write twenty then you spell it out t w e n t y uh, and you can find numerous combinations of those you know where you can say you know, uh, 1.5 radians and uh, and three inches or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You can go through all those possibilities. You can generate them and see which ones fit. Right. So the cipher, the cipher is um, 32 symbols long. Right. So you can you can come up with a list of these measurements that fit in 32 symbols, while also adhering to the um, uh, the constraint of the repeated symbols. So, you know, if a letter repeats in the ciphertext, that means if it's a substitution cipher, that symbol will decode to the same letter everywhere it appears, right? Mm -hmm. So in the in the 32 symbol cipher, there's uh, like the letter C uh, repeats, and then there's only one other repeated symbol in there. I think it's the O. Yeah. Uh, there might be another one, but there, but there's so few repeated symbols that you can keep a lot of those uh, decryptions. Like they don't violate the uh, the constraints of those repeated symbols, mm -hmm. and so you end up with uh, you know hundreds of thousands of things that fit, and there's no way to exclude any of them. Uh, you could try to play games with the map, right? So on the map, there's a <clears throat> crosshair on on Mount Diablo. So you could try to say, well, let me measure an angle from from Mount Diablo, and then using that map, you know, uh, come up with the number of inches, and then follow that line, you know, for that many inches, 
and then there, there may be a point of interest that has some significance to the case, like a crime scene or uh, who knows. You know, he's supposedly he was identifying the place that he buried the bomb, so it would be you know somewhere he could have been digging, right? You know, that it would have to make sense. Yeah, and how would you know? <laughs> how, you, you wouldn't but, know that it was correct unless what you tried led you to a bomb, right? <laughs> so right. yeah, and even if you even if you limit the you know the decryptions to only those places on the map where the bomb could be buried, you would still have hundreds or thousands of places to test to, to yeah. look for a bomb that had been buried. And you know he may have just been BSing that. It could have just been more of his. Um, he got. You know, it was easier for him to make an impact with the public by just writing. He didn't actually have to do some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, he had already committed actual crimes that, you know, terrified people. And then he kind of rode that with these, this letter writing camp, letter writing campaign to generate even more fear with less work. You know, he didn't have to take very many risks to come up with a story about a bomb and say, well, hey, look, it's buried in a certain place and you have, until a certain date to dig it up or it's going to blow up and so on. Well, there's also the point that people may, may not remember that the first time he talked about attacking a school bus was in the letter where he took credit for the murder of the cab driver and he said that he was going to uh, shoot out the tire of the school bus and then pick off the kitties as they came bouncing out. And the bomb, uh, the idea that he was going to use a bomb, that was first introduced when he sort of mocked authorities for saying, or for believing him the first time, where he said, if you think that I was going to take on a bus the way that I said I did, or said I would, you deserve to have holes in your heads, or something like that. And then he started talking about these bombs. So it's very possible that the bombs are just another scare tactic, that there really isn't a bomb. And when you talked about whether or not you could use the cipher and the map to find something, and whether you know, it could be a crime scene or something like that. We all know that Gareth Penn, uh, Zodiac theorist who believed that a Harvard lecturer was the Zodiac, um, and that he used some sort of bizarre, complicated uh, system of numbers with binary Morse and all these things uh, encrypted in the Zodiac letters as clues to his identity. He believed that the Radians reference was about placing a radian angle on the peak of Mount Diablo, and Penn claimed that one leg of the radian ran through the murder of the, the scene of the murder of the cab driver, and the other leg ran through the scene of the shooting at Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo. And this became a very popular theory over the years, endorsed by several people, including myself, um, until we discovered, first of all, that Penn was wrong about the actual location of the shooting in Vallejo. He had believed it happened in the golf course parking lot when it actually happened in the parking lot of the park across the street, and that his measurement of that angle was wrong, and that the actual angle formed by those crime scenes was at least 60 degrees or more, which effectively debunks the idea that the Zodiac was trying to create a radian with those crime scenes, especially if you believed that he was doing all this with this geography and geometry so that we could figure it out later. If he didn't make the actual steps to be accurate, it's very difficult for people to figure it out later. So the most likely explanation is that there wasn't, this wasn't meant to uh, intend a single radian because the Zodiac referred to radians, plural, 
and inches along the radians, and that it is possible the Zodiac was trying to communicate something with those crime scenes and its relationship to Mount Diablo and some geometric and ge geographical structure, but it just wasn't this single radiant. So when I look at the the cipher itself and I look at the map, which has a cross circle placed over the peak of Mount Diablo with the tip of the mount still visible, um, and as you mentioned earlier, it has the clock face on it, 0, 3, 6, and 9. Um, it seems like he went through a lot of effort for this, but it also seems difficult to believe that it was about a bomb. So was this some sort of esoteric lesson or exercise where he wanted us to discover something else that had to do with geography and geometry and the relationships of these crime scenes to Mount Diablo? Or was it just some busy work or something? Because as you said, you could find thousands of solutions in there that give you some sort of coordinates or something like that, but you would never be able to figure out which one of them was right unless you found something to confirm it. Yeah, it's possible he wasn't sophisticated enough with code-breaking and code-making to know the weaknesses of the of the cipher. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, the 408, he, he didn't know that uh, necessarily that the patterns in it would, you know, give way to the solution so quickly. Um, but, you know, he cared enough to put a message in there. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he did want people to decode it, but maybe not so quickly. Um, so, I mean, there's evidence that he intends some real information to be hidden in these, in the ciphers. If there was never a solution to the 408, mm. he might be spending less time on the other ciphers. You know, yeah. but the fact that he knew enough to to put a message in the first cipher you know, makes you wonder about the other ones. Um, but this one, the thirty-two character one, is uh, it it doesn't really have the same weaknesses as the four way because you know it's short and it doesn't have many repeated symbols, and he may not have known that. Yes, yeah. what's led to the you know no one's ever going to find the uh, solution to this. Most likely. Well, and I think too that the the fact that when he constructed this cipher, you know, he put it with this letter and he sent this map and everything, and <clears throat> nothing happened. So then later on, he sends this other letter where he's saying, "Hey, by the way, it's about radians and inches along the radians," which makes me think that there is something to it, and that maybe he made it a little too complicated, and he was trying to help people along, you know, and and. Because I've wondered sometimes if maybe the 340, he made it, he, he deliberately tried to make it harder to solve because the first one was solved so quickly. And then he may have made it too hard to solve, or as we've talked before, he may have made a mistake or something while he was doing it. And it may be a similar instance with the 32 character cipher that he, the, it, it means something to him and he was trying to impart some meaning into it but we just couldn't pick up on it, and he didn't do a, a good enough job making it possible for us to do so. Right, right. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned the, the hint in the 32, for the 32 character cipher was in a later letter. And if you look back on the, uh, the 13 symbol cipher, the my name is cipher, he's referring there back to the 340 at the mm -hmm. beginning. It says, this is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked my, the last cipher? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I send you, then he immediately says my name is, and then he gives a new cipher. Yeah. So uh, how do we take that? Do we take that as, is he including the new cipher and the phrase my name is as a, as a clue about the 340? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a completely separate uh, cipher altogether that has no connection to the 340? And, you know, maybe we'll know more if there is a solution for the 340 that's discovered one day, because then it might have some bearing on that you know, part of the letter that came with the 13-symbol cipher. That's right. Similarly, you know, there's some hope that he may have reused some of the uh, symbol assignments in the 32-character code. If he did, then, you know, if if a solution for the 340 was found and you applied the key to the 32-symbol cipher, you know, you might find something interesting. I don't know. Yeah. But people have tried that for the 408 and the 340. Like, take the key from the 408 and uh, apply it to the 340, but it doesn't come up with anything. But on the other hand, we still don't know what kind of cipher the 340 is, so maybe the key to the 408 still has some bearing on how to decrypt it. We just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, what what do you think about the ciphers, Mike? Do you think that they're just busy work, or do you think they actually have some meaning? 
I think he, I think there's a message there someplace. I think he wanted people to hear what he had to say. And I think getting the solutions published would be something he wanted. Uh, so I don't know if there's a, a failure on his part to communicate it correctly. And as a result, it, it caused people to be stumped all these years. Um, but to me, I, I just think he was somebody that was a braggart and wanted to, to get some attention and he would want a taunting message to be revealed. Um, or he was so brave that he really put his name in, in it and made it so difficult that they couldn't. But, you know, I, I sort of think that he, he put something in there that he would want solved and was kind of getting impatient when it wasn't solved. Yeah. There's kind of an advantage there for him, like, by, by including, so he gets press whenever a cipher is published. And then that fades for a while. Then somebody decodes it, and then suddenly he's in the news again, kind of for free. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, why wouldn't he want to do that again with the 340 or the other ciphers? You know, to have, you know, yeah. it's a way to keep his name in play. Yeah, and if he, if he starts sending bogus ciphers, then they're not going to want to report them, and, and that cuts off his communication. Well, it makes him look bad, too. It makes him look like he's just playing games because you know that first cipher like i said it was that was quite an introduction and <clears throat> when the text was revealed and it said i like killing people because it's so much fun um that cemented his image <laughs> with people and you think that if he had something to say in his other ciphers that he would want the same recognition and you'd want people to know what he was talking about yeah i agree with you Well, and it's also interesting, too, that I think that when you talk about how they're, they're so short that they're difficult to solve and how me, he may not have understood, he may not, the Zodiac may not have understood the complexities of what he was doing and how, how a single mistake could derail everything or how just the very nature of the cipher itself being so short. There's a, there's a couple of other mysterious things that some people uh, might lump into the, you know, codes and ciphers category. Uh, there's the uh, weird symbol on the Halloween card Yeah, that yeah. people have been trying to identify for years. Like, you know, what, where did that come from or did he just invent it? And it's, uh, looks like a, like a V smashed together with an F. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people found a, a cattle brand symbol that, that, that looks almost exactly like it and it's connected to the, Red Rider comics somehow. Yeah. There's that Tim Holt connection to the Red Rider comics and then the Wheel of Doom. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's an interesting, interesting link throughout there. But, uh, and then there's the, the weird symbols on the, uh, the Exorcist letter. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, it doesn't look like any regular text of any kind, but people have tried to say if you move the parts of it around, it, forms his name or something like that. Yeah, so, so he introduces so many different elements in his letters like that, and it just makes it seem like a, a, a long-form performance that he did, you know, in these letters to, to kind of embellish his persona and, uh, and, and get more attention. Like he had to do something new and different each time. Mm. Now, didn't they, in the... Uh, History Channel show, didn't they do something about those symbols? They were radio symbols or some of them? 
Am I mistaken about that? Or? Oh, they had the, somebody found those, uh, the booze balls. No, oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they just, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're just like these progress indicators where you have a circle that's partially filled if you're only like halfway done with a task or something. That's right. that's <clears throat> and they, they just like coincidentally look like, um, some of the uh, circle symbols in the, in the ciphers. Well, what, the symbol that you referred to in the Halloween card that looks like the B, um, didn't somebody come up with some other explanation for that, too, that that was related to radio signals or aviation or something like that? Or? It sounds familiar, but I can't remember exactly what it was. It was so some... you don't keep track of all this stuff, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> so many different theories about it. <laughs> People have looked at, like, you know, hundreds of different, like, alphabets of the world, you know, and through history to find, you know, things that match up with Zodiac's symbology. And, you know, that really plays into the Zodiac, you know, supervillain persona because it's connected to things like the occult and um, uh, astrology and, you know, all this weird stuff that, uh, that people dig up that, you know, they, there'll be these, like, Coincidental resemblances of the symbols to the to some weird alphabets, and then people will speculate about, oh, maybe Zodiac was in some kind of weird cult, and you know he was in a you know Phoenician death cult that worshipped you know, slaves in the afterlife. <laughs> statements in his letters. What uh, maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about that uh, book that the Zodiac supposedly had. Reference or may have been inspired by. Oh, which which book are you talking about? The book of symbols or. Um, am I? Oh, is this a senior moment here? Am I forgetting? This <laughs> no, I, I think I know what you're talking about. But, Codes and ciphers. Well, yeah. there's, a, there's so there's that. There's the Graysmith in the Graysmith book. He points out a. The Zodiac Alphabet in one of the cipher books, the cryptology books, um, and it, you know, it's just, it's just like a set of symbols that you can use to, as a part of the substitution cipher, so. Was that an Alan Oaken's book, or is that my, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember anything myself, sorry. But yeah, that, that, I think, you know, it just has like astrology symbols and you can just use them as a part of a substitution cipher. There's nothing particularly special about it other than the name. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. people, so he was proposing that, you know, because, you know, two or three of the symbols resembled zodiacs, you know, and, and in addition to the name of the alphabet, you know, it seemed compelling to him that it was uh, a possible source for, for zodiac. But there's other, there's another, there's, yeah, it's a book about the occult, and there's a page that had uh, an illustration of symbols that are connected to this cult, and a lot of them do resemble the Zodiac uh, symbols. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty interesting match, but, you know, you can't, there's not much you can take away from that, you know, unless you find a catalog of the cult adherence of members, and you know, one of them happens to be... The Vallejo resident, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> or, you know, it's a library book and it has the killer's name on the checkout card. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
And I think somebody found the the exorcist symbol looks like um, it almost looks like uh, like an Asian script, like a letter from an Asian language that's been like chopped up into pieces. Yeah, Didn't somebody think it was on a barrel or something? Yeah, yeah, it was on a, on it was a barrel. Yeah, there, was, there was a girl that was, uh, I forget what girl it was, but there was a girl that was seen uh, that disappeared that was carrying a, uh, a soy barrel. Yeah. Um, and it had the name of the, the soy company on the side of it, uh, some Asian company. And um, I believe that they thought it might be something related to that barrel. They tried to link that girl to the to the Zodiac. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, and who knows where, where any of these theories go, if there's any weight to them, but, um, you know, without knowing for sure, you know, the theory could be right, it might be wrong. Yeah, some, some of these things, they, they line up, they, they, there's these resemblances that are, you know, they're kind of eerie, like how, how close they can be, like, I think uh, on Tom's site, he had a uh, somebody found uh, these Greek inscriptions on like old pottery, I think, or like on temples and artifacts and things. Yeah, it's a sequence of Greek letters. Like uh, it looks like A N E uh, the plus sign with a circle around it. You know, it kind of looks like the zodiac symbol. But the letters are very close to the ones that are used in the um, uh, thirteen symbol cipher, mm-hmm. and so it's it's weird. It's a uh, it's a Greek word that I think what does it translate to? It's like some kind of honorary word that's associated with like uh, burial sites or something in temples. Mm. It's uh, Kind of an interesting connection, but it may just be coincidence. <laughs> well, it brings up a, an interesting uh, issue about whether or not the, we talked before about whether or not the zodiac had any formal training in ciphers, and it seems like, as you said, it's possible he could have just been a an average guy with a hobby or, or an interest. But a lot of what he does and writes seems to be derivative of other things. And you mentioned the Tim Holt comic where he talk about the Wheel of Death when the Zodiac had uh, sent a, a card that had a, I said, paradise and slaves, the words were forming a cross, and then in each quadrant there was the phrases by gun, by knife, by fire, and by rope, which was on the Tim Holt, uh, what was it, Lady Doom or something like that? The Wheel of the Death. Wheel of Doom or something, yeah, yeah. Wheel of Death. And uh the idea that, you know, maybe some of these things that he came up with, like maybe even a reference to radians and things like that, are just things that he came across during his, you know, his interests, his research or whatever, flipping through books in a library or just uh, nosing around for stuff that might be interesting for his purposes. And in the military, if he had gotten his code training in the military, military ciphers tend to not use special symbols, like these weird symbols that he uses. You don't you don't write a message that way and then send it, you know, over the radio <laughs> or yeah. as a letter. You know, that that's just, you just don't do that. So it's weird for him, you know, if he had the mili- the military training in it, you know, why was he suddenly switching to this other way of um writing the cipher instead of just, you know, using the, the military style. Well it also raises the point too that you brought up earlier that 
if he had formal training, wouldn't he be more aware of the shortcomings of his own ciphers and how difficult they might be to solve or less likely to make those kinds of mistakes that might make it unsolvable in the first place? Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe he's just, maybe he just switched into, you know, he didn't have to go through the effort of killing anymore unless, you know, unless you assume that he did kill more and he just wasn't connected to any of them. Yeah. But he, he could get away with more by doing less. He didn't have to, you know, kill any more people after Paul Stein and send evidence in with the letters. He could just send the letters out and make bold claims. Well, he earned his credentials by killing a few times, and then so, and so he may it may be the same for the ciphering. He earned his credentials with the first one to prove that he could write a real one, just like he proved he could actually do a real murder. Mm-hmm. But then he didn't have to do it anymore. He was writing on that success. You know, he made a successful cipher, and now he could just decorate his letters with things that look like ciphers, and they're not actually ciphers; they're just random symbols. And a lot and of it seems designed to make himself look smarter. I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, and I was going to say that, you know, as we see that process, he's claiming 37 victims, his number, you know, his body count's going up, but there's, you know, no evidence that he's actually killing people. You know, he sees a story about a bomb uh, or about a police officer being shot. He's taking credit for that um, without any proof that he was involved. So... You know, it, it could be that he's just writing, like like you guys mentioned, on that fame and the letter and uh, cipher, you know, yeah. stuff that he's sending is is just uh, window dressing and he's not really killing anybody at that point. Yeah, I think we should clarify, too, that the Zodiac said he shot a man sitting in a parked car with a thirty-eight, and the San Francisco Chronicle decided that he was talking about the shooting of that police officer and I think the article said Zodiac says he killed San Francisco police officer, when in reality he made a big reference to shooting somebody in a car. We don't know if that was a lie or if that was part of what he had said earlier, where, you know, after the Stein murder, the last known Zodiac murder, the police announced that he had left fingerprints and he'd been seen by witnesses. The Zodiac responded by saying that he was angry with the police for lying about him and that he wasn't going to tell people about his murders anymore. And he was going to make them look like routine accidents or robberies or think killings of anger and things like that. So we don't know if when he said he shot a man sitting in a parked car, whether he really shot a man sitting in a parked car or he was just making that up. But the, the idea that he was taking credit for shooting the police officer was largely the, the work of the San Francisco Chronicle and Paul Avery. It's a puzzle wrapped in an enigma inside of the mystery. <laughs> no, H.H. H. Holmes did it. Ah, uh, jeez. Well, see, that goes to what we were talking about before. He wasn't even alive then. Isn't that a good enough alibi anymore? No. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're getting into the, into the time machine, that, uh, <laughs> the, the time after time movie that Mike was talking yeah. about. Very, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, I, I also follow the... Uh, the other unsolved cipher interest I have is with the Voynich manuscript, you know, the 600-year-old mysterious manuscript, hundreds of pages long, written in some unknown language. And uh, 
you, there are so many similarities between the community around that and the Zodiac community. You know, maybe in the, the amount of time people have to spend dealing with all these weird, weird ideas, you know, <laughs> of people like with the Voynich being, uh, you know, the diary that was written by uh, aliens that were shipwrecked, you know, they were <laughs> planet, you know, and they had to write with, you know, uh, materials from that age, <laughs> and that's why I can't read it, because it's in some alien language. So it's just Robinson Crusoe, that. That's Yeah, yeah. There's so many goofy ideas around, uh, just just as goofy as the Zodiac. I mean, you'll you'll find it anywhere, any one of these unsolved mysteries. There's there's just a community of wild and crazy ideas. Well, and that's what the ciphers add a whole other dimension to a true crime story because you know Jack the Ripper and things like that. They're always going to be interesting because they're unsolved. But the Zodiac has all these unsolved messages that make it seem like there's a whole other shoe to drop. There's a whole other story behind this door that we have nothing, no knowledge about. And it encourages audience participation because you've got not only the ciphers that people can work on on their own, like maybe they can be the ones to solve it because it's very appealing, but the files are also available, you know, publicly available. So you can go through all the police reports and read all the details and see, you know, does it match up to any ideas you might have about who the killer might be? You know, maybe you have some knowledge that no one else has about about the crimes and you know, about the uh, details and the reports, and you know they line up to particular people that you know. So there's certain like uh, crowdsourcing that's widely available for for the Zodiac case that you know might not be available for some of these other unsolved cases. Well, that audience participation that's a great way to describe it because that is. So much of the Zodiac is dependent on the audience participating with him. Yeah, so he, he won. He's been winning from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are, wasting, like Mike said, wasting too much time on it. He certainly won that way. Yeah, and it's, it, when he faded from the headlines, you know, he had to, you know, come out of the, out of the woodwork and, and, you know, make himself a headline. Even though he, you know, he had faded away and other things were happening, you see that going on uh, along the way too. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to be forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you think he's still alive then, or or did he die somehow, or is he in jail? Mike, I think he's dead. I think he's possibly alive. What, what did you say, Dave? Oh, just saying. Statistically speaking, he's, he's probably dead. But <laughs> well, enough of you with your facts. <laughs> I want him to be alive so he can be captured and punished right now. Yeah, I mean that would be great. But I, I don't know. I, I if if he was on the higher end, you know, the the sketches, the revised version, the you know the original version, they've got him being anywhere from twenty five to forty five. In, yeah, in 1969, so he could be anywhere from yeah in his 90s to in his 70s. Mm -hmm. um, so if he's in the 80s to 90s range, there's a good chance he's dead. Um, you know, at this point, I, I personally just want to know who it was yeah. uh, and and close the book whether they're dead or alive. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they are. I just want them to be. I just want that to be identified so this can be over. And, yeah. you know, can you imagine what it would be like to be, it's like if, what happened with the Golden State Killer, you know, all these years later they catch him, 
if you caught the Zodiac and he's 90 years old, (laughs) waving the symbols in front, what does this mean? Yeah. I just remember what this means, you know? He's probably got Alzheimer's and doesn't even know what you're talking about. I mean... That's perfectly... (laughs) I may not even remember being the Zodiac. Exactly. That's the ironic part. He escaped with Hitler. He escaped with Hitler. (laughs) He's on the dark side of the moon with the aliens. (laughs) Simple as that. That's a lot more logical than some of the other explanations. I've that's heard. true. That's true. <laughs> we won't say any names. Yeah. But, okay, let's wrap this up. Uh, another great show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, Hosts or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.